From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. Corey Clark. Dear, I fear we're facing a problem. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show... Reaction as we have spoken to the last of the bunch of class of 2023 for Florida State. Well, except for Dylan Brown Turner, but you get the gist. And we finally get to meet Patrick Sertan. Wake Up Board Jam presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Today's lunch special, cheesesteak sandwich, chicken or steak. Also, bingo night over at the CP. Don't forget that daily lunch special runs from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's only $8.99 and comes with a side dish. Fries, straight, curly, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tear tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. All this and much, much more over at the Corner Pocket Barn Grill. CPTallyBar.com is the website. Wordchant.com, Ultimate Sample Sports Source, thumbs up, five-star ring and review. Uh, subscribe, uh, I think got all of it. Corey's here, everybody. Corey, what up, man? What's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'd, I'd like you to hit subscribe a little harder than that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, really get them out there. You just kind of said subscribe if you want. That's kind of the the impression I got you were saying there. And we're demanding that you subscribe. I was like at the I was on the checklist. I didn't know if I'd gotten everything on the checklist. So I was kind of like, I get mm. everything now. Like, it subscribes at the last thing. So by another God, uh, another interesting factoid about Corner Pocket is that on Thursday nights they have cribbage. Mm. There's like a cribbage league that that rents out uh, Bill's side room. And they, they're out there play, while other people are dobbing it up trying to win $250. These folks are out there playing cribbage. I don't know how to play cribbage, but it looks uh, it looks intense and detailed. I like it. All so right. if you're into cribbage, you know, reach out and see if you can get in that league. I guess it's a league. Speaking of what you folks like, you like Florida State football. On Wednesday, we hung out over at the museum, devoid of artifacts, but lots of playmakers were hoping. Got to speak to the last bunch of freshmen that have enrolled here for the class of 2023, with the exception of Dylan Brown-Turner, who signed on Wednesday, National Signing Day, the conventional one that we all love and mm. grew up with, but now is completely irrelevant because our recruiting analyst goes on vacation now. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking Michael. He deserves some time off, but, like, he's a guy who can take time off now. It doesn't matter. They already got their whole class wrapped up, and we also spoke to Patrick Sertan. Let's start with Patrick Sertan. He's a grown-up. Corey, let's talk about him right. first. Okay. Um, Shout out to you, dropping a little history lesson on him, reminding him of his time here in Doak. Uh, yeah. That was cool. Nice exchange. You were the star of the show on Wednesday. YouTube <laughs> well, said it had as much. to be. Ira left. Yeah. Uh, Ira had better things to do, and I mean that uh, genuinely. He was he's going. He was in Tampa on Wednesday night to see Springsteen. Uh, it's for the first time in his life. So uh, yeah, he left on uh, Wednesday after our first interview. Um, wrote a story and then got on the road so we could get down there in, to Tampa in time for uh, Springsteen. So then I had to fill the void, and those are big shoes to fill. Yes, sir. I mean, Ira Chauffel in a press. Like, literally, they go, who was the first? Brock Glenn came in. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Stephen is like, okay, the first question. And then he's looking at Ira to, like, look up. Like, <laughs> hey, man, you're on. <laughs> you're on, buddy. It's your time. And Ira was, I think, getting his story ready to write. So he wasn't quite looking up, and then he looked up and like waved his hand. He's like, "All right, we'll go to Ira." But yeah. like, yeah, that's it's it's just understood that Ira gets the first question. But then he bounced after Brock Glenn, and then uh, I we, I think you and I did our held our own. We did all right. Tried, we tried. 
Yeah, uh, Ira, I, I want to do a mashup, but I'm I'm too slow on the trigger. But like every single opening thing used is like, all right, we'll start off with IrishOfFellowWarchant.com. Like, right. So I want to just do like a whole bunch of mashup on that. But anyhow, uh, so we did speak to Patrick Sertan, who left the Miami Dolphins uh, several times, two-time Pro Bowler, four-time state champion head football coach over at American Heritage down there in Plantation. I, I thought the, the most interesting soundbite out of him, I thought was towards the end when he was asked about kind of being in the meeting room with Mike Norvell, seeing how he carries himself and what he thought about it. And towards the end of his answer, he, you know, spoke about the fact that there's a blueprint in place and he doesn't see it slowing down here anytime soon. That that caught my ear the most. That was the most impressive thing I thought I heard out of Patrick Sertan. What about you? Yeah, I, that was probably the one that like me, might resonate the most with the Florida State fans, but it's also something they've heard a lot. Um, I think just the the fact of him talking about his connections in South Florida, like if we're just talking about practical, practically what he brings to this staff, other than you know the eleven years in the NFL and and uh, a championship pedigree as a high school coach, it is that last name as we talked about when he was hired, and it's um, his connections in my, the Miami area and the South Florida area, and he he said it. He's like, I know all the kids and I know all the coaches. Yep. And uh, they they have a belief in me. They saw what he did at American Heritage. When when you when you are a Patrick Stratain senior, that's winning championships, and all these kids are reading the papers, are well, you know reading their phones, and they're they're following along. They see that the team you you built is winning state championships, not built but coached. And then because American Heritage was has been good for a while, but anyway, and also that last name. That rings out, man. They, they like he pointed out. He's like, yeah, they probably didn't know me that much, but my my son, he you know he has kind of a name for himself too. Like they de- all the players that he's coaching right now at Florida State, they all know the Patrick Sertain name because of his son. They, they might not be familiar with him, but they know his son. I just think him him not owning up. That sounds like he did something wrong. Just uh, appreciating what his connections to South Florida mean as a college recruiter. Um, you know that that's that that's why he's on the staff. Um, he you know that's a huge reason why he's on the staff. He might be an incredible tactician, but you got to go get players, and you got a connection now to the most fertile ground in the country that just oozes mm. defensive backs every year. They're coming out from South Florida. If you can get a guy like that that has that name and that pedigree to go along with all those connections, that's why I think it was a home run hire, man. That's why uh, no matter if he's here for two years or nine years. Um, this was a this was a really it's a really big swing by Mike Norvell, right? A really big swing, and I think it it's hard to imagine it not working out. I don't know how long Patrick Sertain is going to be here, but even if he's only here for a couple of years, I think it's a really really uh, big swing and a in a in a great. I don't even want to call it a risk, just a and not a gamble because again that sounds like there's a downside to it. It just it's it it, it, it seems win win all the way around. Yeah, I don't want to underplay the recruiting aspect, but I, I thought he was being, and I'm not saying, I don't think you were underplaying his, his X and O tactician standpoint, but for me, I thought he was being hired on mainly on the basis of him just being a successful coach. I mean, him being around a NFL program here for the last year. And then what he did at American heritage high school. And again, I know that they'd been successful even before he got there, but the fact that he sustained it, maybe even yeah. elevated it. I think to me, a large, I thought this hire was mainly like, Hey man, this guy's a really good coach. And you know, PS, that last name, his son, his connections, that's what I never understood the sort of, well, he's never really coached college. Can he recruit? I'm like, man, he'll, he'll be fine with that. But, like, the guy knows the game. He'll figure it out. So 
I guess that kind of underscores the whole win-win aspect that you're talking about. But I, I, I think they got both of those check marks. I mean, bold print, big, big thick sharpie, checking the boxes off. Because I think he's going to be a really good coach. I think they'll we'll see an aggressive secondary. Everybody wants to see now. I don't know if they're going to never turn their heads or start turning their heads around all the time. But I think we'll see an improved play out of the cornerback position. So I'm I'm excited for it, man. And uh, yeah, that was another thing that he talked about too, right? Was like going and making a play on the ball, mm. like. It's, it's not enough just to be there. Go make a play on the ball, and they need to be better at takeaways. You know, he brought up the fact that they were fourth in the country in uh, passing yards allowed, like only 165 a game, which is a great number, but they didn't have a ton of interceptions. And that's one thing he – I mean, he did it in, at Southern Miss, he, and he did it in the pros. He would, he would intercept you if it was close. And that's good to know that he's – that's something that you think he can teach. It's, it's a mindset, but it's also something I think you can practice. And who else – who better else to – to know how to attack a ball in the air than a guy that did it for 11 years at the highest level that was coached by Jimmy Johnson for crying out loud. Um, I, I think, yeah, it just, again, not that it's any surprise. Uh, it was just, it was really impressive uh, that 15 minutes we got with him. Um, I think there's a, it, it's cool too to me that he didn't, you know, it's not like he grew up wanting to be a, a, a football coach. You know, he even admitted, he's like, I didn't, he goes, when I got done playing, I didn't think I'd ever coach. I had no interest in coaching. But then he, he started uh, going to practice with his son, when his son was in Little League, and started helping out. And then realized he kind of did have a passion for it, and he was good at it. And next thing you know, he's winning state championships with his son and a dozen other, dozens of other uh, high-level high D1 athletes. Then he's coaching with the Dolphins. And now he's coaching at, at Florida State, a team that will start next season as a top 10. That's his first coaching job as the DB's coach at DBU. So it's accelerated really quickly. Like, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. He also, again, going back to the point I made earlier, if you're going to get a guy that is known throughout a city as a, 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 I don't know if you want to call him a DB whisperer or just a coach that all the kids know, um, man, Miami is a really good city to be, uh, to, to go get. And Patrick, Patrick Sertain has lived there since he played with the Dolphins. Um, I didn't realize his daughter went to FAMU. Not in either. Yeah, so that's cool. So he's got he's got family in town. I I don't know if he's got other family that will be joining him. Like right now, as he said on on Wednesday, he's staying at a hotel. The uh, AC, he, the Marriott, though. Yeah. He's saying they're living big. Wait, man. they're not sponsoring us. Well, I'm just we, saying. I mean, just yeah. letting everybody know the caliber of accommodations that the staff right. has given. Baseball stadiums getting renovations, all this stuff. I don't know where yeah. all this money's coming from. God He's bless not him. at uh, Prince Murat. Oh, they, no, they, no. They hooked him up. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, again, all of it, um, all of it, it, was a, it was a cool 15 minutes. It was a fun 15 minutes. I wrote a story that's on the website now. Obviously, the video's on um, on our YouTube channel and on our website, so go watch that. He's a He's a pretty he's a pretty engaging guy, and I think you'll like what he says about Norvell, what he says about Florida State, and what he says about the type of player he's trying to coach and what he's trying to get out of him. Would I have killed the vibe in the room if I would have asked him if he's seen the the path that Deion Sanders is on, and is he trying to trying to chase that? Would that would yeah. have killed the vibe in the room? Yeah, I, I think so. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you bringing up Dion? Don't bring up Dion. I know it's DBU, and a lot of that had to do with Dion. He was pretty good in college, if you guys don't remember. By the way, so I did ask him. I did remember that game that night. So I had forgotten until I was talking with Jeff. I keep forgetting that Sertain went to Southern Miss. Sir and when I looked it up, I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. He he was on that 96 team. And that 96 Southern Miss team was a pretty good team. And they came in kind of late in the year. 
to Doak. It was like a November game, I think. It wasn't early in the season. It was kind of a, I think it was weirdly scheduled, a non-conference game. And I do remember watching it with my dad. It was on the same day that Georgia beat Auburn in the game where the uh, where Uga tried to tried to oh, assault the, bite the Auburn receiver Robert Baker. It was that same game, uh, same day. I remember I remember watching the game with my dad on the Deuce back when it was the Deuce. Yeah, and it was a close game. Like Southern Miss came in and they took a lead, and it was 14-14 the second quarter. And we keep wondering if Busby's ever gonna. You know, if he's going to quit throwing interceptions, and then, yeah, Florida State scored uh, 40 straight points and won that game. But that was funny the way he remembered that. It's like, yeah, we were actually up 7 nothing in that game. And I'm like, actually, it was 14-14 in the second quarter. And he's like, what did it end, 50-14? to And I'm like, well, close, 54-14. to He's like, yeah, so they they outscored us 40 to nothing the rest of the way. So he's, he remembered. He's like, yeah, I couldn't – our quarterback couldn't – we couldn't even do three-step drops because of Boulware and Renard Wilson coming off the edge. They had Warwick done. Peter, uh, Peter Warwick was on that team. So it's kind of cool that he remember. I mean, he, he saw Florida State in its heyday, glory days, that 96 Florida State team. So, uh, yeah, that's cool that he, uh, he now gets to coach with Ron Dugans after playing against him 27 years ago. It's being mildly serious, though, because I wonder what he thinks his path is. Like, to leave an NFL job, to come here to be a full-time position coach on the field, like, does that mean you think think that college head coach is more in your wheelhouse? Or, you know, do you want to maybe – do you go from here and that bridges you to, like, a coordinator job in, in the NFL? But we'll find these things as we are one of the lucky people that cover college football that get to speak to these coaches – throughout the season so we'll see how Absolutely it goes right. i wonder if he I, I was thinking like if to come down to college now um knowing that uh just the way he talked i i would i would not be surprised if he this is the ladder he wants to climb it wouldn't make sense if he wanted to go back to the nfl to come to florida state hmm. i think he maybe he see i mean he i think he thinks he could be a head coach in college yeah. um and maybe the ladder is quicker at a place like florida state especially if you're joining what looks to be a ready-made program for the next year or two. I guess we'll file this under TBD, though. Uh, but he mm. did mention that, you know, he knew Randy Shannon because Randy Shannon coached for the Dolphins for three seasons while he was there. Is this yeah. the best recruiting pull for Randy Shannon? I don't want to give him full credit for it, but I would assume that he probably uh, was in somebody's ear in this uh, transaction, if you will. This is big. Uh, maybe, man. yeah. Yeah, I, probably. Yeah, because he coached him with the Dolphins. That's what Sertain said. He goes, that's how old Randy is. He coached me. Um, so that was funny. Uh, yeah, I, uh, he also said that his highlights, he's like, he had to get VHS tapes to show his players and they don't even know what VHS tapes are, uh, for his highlights. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say it probably trumps the, uh, 1,836th ranked player in the country that, that signed with Florida state on, uh, the aforementioned that signed with Florida state on uh, Wednesday, but Is that's that really the beauty of ranking? college football. Is that really yeah, Dylan Brown Turner's ranking? 1,000, yeah. jeez. 1,836. I mean, he was a North Texas commit. Uh, yeah. But that's the beauty, man, is there are always these guys that are undervalued, underrated, barely hook on with the school, and then end up being uh, really good players. So I hope that the odds are against them. Uh, when you, you, usually these guys are ranked 1,836th for a reason. But there are guys that break through the cracks or play well above their ranking. And I always remember Jimbo talking about um, his first or second class at LSU. Um, Josh Reed was the last guy they they took a commitment from. Like he was the last day it, Josh Reed was going. He was between somewhat two small schools. LSU finally offered him on the last day on signing day. 
offered him. He was the last take they had, and they begrudgingly gave it to him, and they ended up being like a two-time SEC player of the year. I think Belitnikov winner, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was really good. Reminds me, too. Remember Mr. Alexander? Remember a guy, I do. Mr. Alexander? Yeah, yeah, I think he was He was like a last signee of a class out of Texas, three-star guy, uh, ended up being pretty decent for us. I think I had a nice Nate little... Andrews uh, led the uh, 2013 team yeah. in interceptions, and he was it was between Minnesota and, like, UAB until Florida State offered on the last day. So, yeah, it does happen occasionally. All right, Brock Glenn, quarterback, QB1, uh, dealing with technical stuff while he was talking, so I didn't get to well, hear QB4, a lot. QB4, QB4, really. QB1 of the future. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Hakeem said that. Hakeem's like, we're the future. I wonder, if, yeah. I wonder what A.J. Duffy feels about that, but that's for, <laughs> right. that's for another date and time. Uh, talked about the fact that the staff stayed on the entire time that made quite an impression on him. Listen, that's kind of how they ended up getting Azaria Thomas. Azaria Thomas – had interest in a lot of different other programs, and one by one, those head coaches got fired, uh, whether it was Florida, Oklahoma, <laughs> right. or LSU. And, and listen, I'm just saying, Mike Norvell stuck with it. I mean, it paid off. Yeah. You know, he could have he given up after the first or second time when he's like, hey, man, I'm going to go here. Uh, you know, Brock Glenn was committed to Ohio State. They were in on him kind of early. They ended up going with Chris Parson. Chris Parson decommits. Felt like Glenn was going to fall into place really quickly, but it didn't happen nearly as fast as we thought. But he did mention that they just kept the – pedal to the metal, foot on the gas, and, you know, tow cars and Norvell were with him the entire way, and that really uh, kind of made an impact. So, again, this becomes more interesting to kind of see how much they evaluate these players, how much they covet them, and then how they end up performing for them. But this seems to be one of the guys that, again, Mike Norvell's sort of uh, gumption and stick-to-itiveness has paid off with. Yeah, and I, and I also like the, the attitude when I, when I asked him about, like, he knows he's not going to play this year. And I wasn't trying to be rude, but he knows that. He's, he's the fourth-string quarterback coming in. He's a true freshman. They have a Heisman candidate at quarterback. And then, you know, Tate's been here three or four years now. So odds are, unless something drastic happens, Brock Glenn is not going to see the field. And how he adjusts to that, and he, you know, I thought he was really good about it. He's like, look, I kind of did the same thing in high school. Um, I was a freshman on the high school team and I learned from a veteran and then I assume he took over as a sophomore and you know, that's where it took off. But he did, he did seem to have a mature attitude about it, which you need to as a quarterback, you can't come in and expect to play, uh, especially this program right now, but um, that he wants to try to soak up as much information as he can from all, all three of those guys. Uh, it just, and I know that everybody's going to say that, but it, it seemed genuine. Like he knows this is a year to learn as much as possible. And, and uh, so that, that's what stood out to me, I guess, with Brock Glenn is that he knows his place. And he, he even compared it to like, look, we do this all the time in our life. Like you, you adjust from, well, he said kindergarten to middle school, which I, that caught my ear. I was like, did you just skip elementary school? How did they do it up there? Where's he from? Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, were they in Tennessee? They don't have elementary school, or you your kindergarten goes up to the sixth grade. But um, he went, you know, when you do from kindergarten, I assume he meant elementary school. But those adjustments we all make in life, from you know, you're in kindergarten, and then all of a sudden you're you're a first grader in a five grade school. You're low man on the totem pole, and you work your way up to a fifth grader. Then you do it all over again in middle school, and then you do it all over again in high school. So he was trying to make the point of this isn't that rare to like go from being a star football player to then being the lowest guy on the totem pole and having to work your way up because we all do it in all walks of life. So I saw that was a mature approach, but I haven't seen him throw a pass. Um, so I'll reserve judgment on what kind of quarterback he's going to be probably for another year. Um, but yeah, I certainly was impressed by his, uh, his maturity and just the, you know, the way he spoke to us. Savor a shot of energy while nourishing your body with a compound of essential vitamins with vitamin energy. Small package, sizable punch. It's less than two ounces. Take a shot. 
you will have full, unadulterated energy and vitamins for seven hours or more in your entire day with just a shot of vitamin energy. Go to vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, B-O-G-O, and you will get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free uh, with your order. So, you know, do the math. It'll be like a buck and a quarter for a shot of this stuff. It actually tastes really good, man. I like the Sport Plus, the Blue Raspberry. I was, I was big on the Immune Plus, Corey. I, I'm, a, I'm a Florida boy. The citrus gets to me. Uh, but the Blue Raspberry, pretty, pretty tasty too. Feeling good. Hour number five of this? So I'm cruising, man. I got I got plenty left in the tank, Corey. That's what I say. You got two more hours, son. At least, at least two more hours. Yeah, I, I was just looking. I just I I I went to a new uh, a new one today, um, and I took it like an hour ago. So I hope you hear the pep in my voice because Daddy was struggling a little bit, honestly, uh, because I didn't take it yesterday for some reason, and then today I felt it after my workout. I felt it, but I did the uh, the B12. Okay. And I did the. How do you pronounce A C A I? Is it a Kai? Acai? Acai? No, that's, pomegranate. A, that's a Japanese beer, acai. Well, whatever. But it's the Akai pomegranate. Oh, and, go. man, that's my favorite flavor of the bunch, gang. Okay. And it really did. Within 20 minutes, I felt more, I, I felt more pep. Uh, and this baby's going to last the whole night. The whole night. So, yeah, that was, yeah, man, it really was. It was I almost wanted to drink it just to drink it because of the taste of it. But that might be too much. I don't want to be, you know, doing shots of this for, you know, one right on top of the other for you know, nine straight shots. But I could. And think of all those vitamins, folks. By the way, Corey, you just had more vitamin B12 uh, than a six-ounce piece of wild tuna. Than 20 pieces of six-ounce wild tuna. So. Oh, okay. So vitamins. 120 ounces of wild tuna. Vitamins and energy, everybody. Vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WARCHAMP. BOGO. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, one other thing about Brock Glenn uh, that I found interesting and it kind of maybe segues us a little bit to Hakeem Williams, because uh, that is what... I thought was the most interesting soundbite of Hakeem was them talking about tour of duty and, and Brock Glenn was just talking about how just how sort of taxing it obviously is, but he was, you know, he pointed out just, he, he sees the bigger picture, right? He talked about, he said mental health. I think he probably meant more like mental, you know, resiliency kind of, uh, but just the fact that what they're being put through now, being an 18 year old freshman, he understands how it's going to pay off for them in the long run. And he's embracing this already, which again is, Huge to see from a kid uh, so young who's going to be buried on the depth chart, not because of his talent, but just simply because of the numbers and his age. And then Hakeem Williams was talking about, yeah, man, at first I was nervous, and I was like, ah, it won't be that bad. Then I guess they showed them PowerPoint slides. This needs to be part of our story that we hopefully end up doing someday with Josh Storm's core. But I want to see the PowerPoint because Mm. the way they hit the practice field, I mean, even day one when he, he took over before COVID wiped out the rest of it, I always wonder, like, they have to kind of have a dress rehearsal almost. Where it's like, all right, listen, if you're DBs, this is where you're going after stretch. If your receivers are going over here. So I do want to see how they break it out and show them what it's going to look like when it comes to a tour of duty. But Hakeem's like, yeah, I'm like, it doesn't look that bad. But he says, as soon as you get on the field, it's game time. And, again, this just kind of goes to show, uh, you know, just how 
dedicated this this strength staff is to creating a program that's going to push these kids to the absolute limit so that they're ready uh, when these when the actual fourth quarter does roll through in, in a football game. So. I thought that was kind of the most uh, – that was the, the best bite, the buzziest bite I thought I have a Hakeem. What would you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it was one of them for sure. Uh, and the fact that he's like, yeah, I was nervous, nervous. Like he, he was nervous at first, and then he was nervous, nervous when he got out there. Um, but then, he, you know, he, I, I think he said it was like just kind of anything else. Like you, you get used to it. It's really hard, but it's supposed to be hard. And, um, yeah, I, you know, when it comes to Hakeem, number one, he's a pretty giant dude. Like he – He's he's a big kid. We saw Lucas it, Simmons. I don't know if I'm going to call it. I don't know if I'm call yeah, but for a, a receiver, I, I you just don't expect him to be built quite like that. Yeah. He's a big kid, man. Um, for a for a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, he wasn't Lucas Simmons, who was. We'll get to in a second. But good grief with that guy. But yeah, I thought Hakeem was. Uh, I liked his. Uh, I don't know, man. His spirit, his personality. Yeah. No. I, ju- I just seemed to like, you know, he seemed to be kind of fun-loving. I, you know, Brock Glenn is his roommate, and uh, Brock said he's really funny, um, and he seems that way. Um, now, you, you hope and, and you certainly expect that he's going to take things seriously when it matters, but it's cool that he has a, he has a personality, and he, uh, you know, he talked about how um, it didn't seem like he didn't, he didn't see any selfishness at all from this team, at all. Because, look, man, he's joining, a, and I asked him this, like, you're joining a team that has – a lot of talent, or a, a, a position group that had a, has a lot of talent and a lot of proven talent coming back. But you, you know, he also wants to get on the field too. Like, how how do you, what what are you expecting from yourself? What did they said they expect from you? And he's like, look, I'm just a big body speedster. But he admits no that he's got you no, know, he's got to follow. He's he's trying to glean as much information as he can from the from the veterans. And he's trying to he's trying to ask him as many questions as he can. And he said repeatedly he's trying to soak up as much as he can from those guys. And that's the perfect attitude to have. It's certainly the perfect things to say, whether he believes it or not. Like he might come in and be like, "I'm better than all these guys. I better get 50 targets or 100 targets this year." It's certainly the right thing to say when you're trying to ingratiate yourself. And he knows who he is. He knows that the guys on this team know that there aren't many like dudes that came out of high school on this team there are plenty of guys that have proven themselves at this level but not who on this team was a five-star coming out of high school that was like a big deal especially on offense yeah not not many right johnny was kind of close but no he wasn't five though but yeah yeah so this guy is different than all of them so he knows that like you know that that these receivers and these guys could look at him with not a jaundiced eye but like a like all right man how what's your deal man how good are you really Let's see. Let's see what you're all about. Um, and if he came in with the wrong attitude, there could be some friction there. But it certainly seems, no surprise to anyone, that he's basically ingratiated himself to the team. He's asking all the new, the, the veterans uh, questions um, and that he's, he's just trying to play his part and play his role, at least saying as much, which is, a, which is, you know, uh, which is an important step just doing that. It's like, yeah, I expect to get – I'll always remember Corey Cernsey his first year, first and only year at Florida State, Reaching when back. asked about his preseason goals, was, uh, yeah, you know, 1,200, 1,400 yards and like 16 to 18 touchdowns. Nice. It's like, all right, man, you have not played, you have not played, I don't think, one year of like organized, padded football. And you're expecting all this. So anyway, uh, I don't know how well his teammates responded to that, but Hakeem Williams is not that guy. He is not saying that kind of stuff. He just wants to be a part of the team, you know, according to him on Wednesday, which is, it's good to hear, man, because he is a he's different than any of the other guys on he's there's nobody else that comes in with the hype or came into college with the hype 
that Hakeem Williams is coming in, and he knows how big a deal he is, but he, he seems to be handling it pretty well so far. I mean, all these guys are excited to be at Florida State, but to your point about him, just kind of the way he carries himself, he, he does seem very at ease, very confident that he made the right decision, and he's yeah. happy to see it pay off the way they finish this season because he did commit. He was one of the guys that committed when things weren't as rosy, um, and that was kind of a, a really cool thing to kind of see him just talk about how confident he is in the staff and he mentioned the, he was being recruited by everybody, right? He was being recruited by some of the programs that are really, really known for their NIL, A and M and Miami in particular. And I liked how he mentioned just you know it was like it made me think about Entourage and when Vinny Chase is like looking for a new agent like in one of the later seasons, and like he's going to leave Ari and then he goes to all these you know different agencies and they do the whole sales pitch and yeah. like you know Mercedes Benz, Xerox. Right. Vinny Chase, um, and like it's all script, right? Like they just like you know roll it out for you. And he he said that like on two occasions that it it wasn't like that here. You know they didn't have a script. They they most schools say the same thing, but these coaches were different. And that's why I think, man, you know this off is going to be really exciting because there's so much there's so much meat on the bone there. If you're a fan, to really think like what if Florida State really does have something special here? Like what if these coaches really are kind of a different breed? We're seeing it on our end in terms of our profession, Corey and I. Like we, we get to speak to these guys all the single time. They they offer up the coaching staff, they offer up all these players that are true freshmen. Yeah. No one else is doing this sort of stuff. And, you know, the cynic in us maybe is like, man, the shoe's gonna drop on the other foot. There's no way you can, you know, try to run a program and be this open. I mean you have to be secretive, you have to be defensive, and like nobody is. And I think that's the big exciting thing this offseason, man. There's just so much there's so much reason to think that maybe there is something different going on here that's going to end up paying off on the field in a big way this year yeah it is and i've mentioned this before but anytime i'll tweet out like our you know we've talked to 61 players and uh, we talked to every including every freshman and every coach and we watched all these practices if i tweet that out the responses i get from other media members oh. are just it's they're flabbergasted yeah. they can't believe it and i think it's not only because it's not normal it, it's certainly not normal to place like florida state and i just again i say this is i take as much time every time to stress how appreciative we are and how I hope appreciative all you guys are for the access we get because it's, it is a, you know, we're about, we could be in the wilderness for nine months, man, wait for this season to start. But we actually do get access. We get things to talk about. You get guys get videos to watch. You get to know these players uh, better than you would if you just see them for four minutes after a, after a game. I mean, we get these guys all year long if we want it's the most open i have to imagine it's the most open program in the country and it didn't seem to affect them on the field that much it seemed like they had a pretty good season and they seem to be poised for another good season and uh yeah i just i just hope that's appreciated that we got every single newcomer like remember the, the i mean coaches don't let freshmen talk at all period like you know what i mean like just at all uh we didn't get to talk rashad green was the leading receiver um, for a Florida State football team, and we didn't get to talk to him once until the Notre Dame game, uh, the Champs Bowl. That was the first time we got to talk to Rashad Green, and he was the leading receiver and a cool kid. So, it, it, like we talked about Josh Sweat, we didn't get to know about his he that he builds and rebuilds computers. We just, we never got to talk to the kid. Um, so it's really cool the access, and I just hope you guys appreciate that. That not only do we get all the freshmen. It, you know, multiple times per season. We get every coach if we ask for him. And I think that's a big deal too because I think you learn more about the players at the position. Like Norvell's great, sure. 
But when you talk to the position coach, those are the guys that can really steer you or tell you, yeah, this guy's a real player or yeah, he's still got some work to do. Like, I, I just think that access is a, uh, it's unparalleled and it's always going to be appreciated. And, and Wednesday was no different, man. We talked to three freshmen and an assistant coach, probably the only football media uh, media beat football, college football beat in the country that did that on Wednesday. It might for the whole month of February. We might be the only ones that talk to a position coach and three freshmen. That just does not happen. So kudos. You, you guys are you guys are lucky. You're lucky to have this. MyBookie.ag promo code WARCHANT gets you an instant cash deposit bonus, which you can use on your first bet, and hopefully will be a winner. Let's see here, Corey. MVP odds for the Super Bowl. It's now a one-and-a-half-point line. The Eagles are favored. Uh, I'm, I'm on Kansas City on the money line. I'm just going to go with the team I think has got the better quarterback. So that's my okay. long-winded uh, explanation on that one. Uh, it's going to be, you know, I say the quarterback. What about Travis Kelsey? What Could he go for, like, two catches and, like, 120 and become an MVP? Two 10, catches? 70, no. no. 10 to Did 1 you say odds. two or 10? 10 catches. Uh, two touchdowns. Like I just think it's the guy throwing to him is going to get more credit. It's really hard. I mean, Jerry Rice did it one year. You just don't see a lot of receivers get the MVP or pass catchers. I mean, it's not a, a 10 to 1. It's good odds, though, because he's he's really good. Um, but, yeah, he would have to have a monster day, like three touchdowns or something. to Because Mahomes is throwing them all, and you know they're all going to want to give it to Mahomes. So Kelsey would have to have, like, a next-level day with a couple unbelievable catches. Um, for him to for win the MVP, but like I tend to what's Mahomes at? What's his what's his uh, number? He's like one to one, even yeah, odds. Pretty much, say it's even odds. Yeah, so yeah, ten to one. That's not a bad idea. He's there. He's you know he's going to throw to him a ton. Also, get the misses involved, or maybe you really are a big Rihanna fan. There's odds on what her first song of the halftime show will be. Rihanna's song "Better Have My Money" twelve to mm. one payout. Corey, what about the one with Eminem? Is that a Super Bowl song? The one um, where I guess it's a domestic violence song. Eminem comes in. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, mm. uh, I not, love the way you lie. Well, I yeah. think that's the name of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah, not I mean, on the board. It. Not on the board. Like, that's Corey, not on the board. Corey knows I, the kids. Because, he knows the culture. But of course I do, especially the 50 year old white rappers. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that you because you know she's gonna have special guests. Well, I guess Rihanna's duetted with everyone. So I was gonna say you you would think Eminem would be a part of it. It's in uh it's in Arizona. That's close enough to LA or Vegas. But yeah, I, I think my odds would be on a song where she has a uh she partners up with someone. Okay. Like oh, Jay Z, someone like that. Umbrella, that's a good that might be a good one too. Corey really going for it. I can't even talk about the fact that there's a line on whether or not she's going to show cleavage. There really is. MyBookie.ag. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code WARCHAMP. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big man, he can he can take the rear in the show. We'll save it for the last uh, guy that we'll speak about. Lucas Simmons, who actually is a full six foot eight. Everybody, 
legitimate, correct, Corey? He's the mountain. Sure seemed like it. It's hard for me to differentiate between 6'7 and 6'8 at my size. But, yeah, he was he was big, big kid. Uh, nice kid from Sweden originally. His father played at OU, uh, but his mom is the one who pushed him to play football. What were some of the things that you took away? What were some of the more interesting factoids maybe you found out about a one Lucas Simmons who came to Clearwater, played at a, an academy down in Clearwater uh, after uh, or before, rather, coming here to Florida State? Everybody wanted him. Southern Cal was in the mix for him. I think yeah. Tennessee, Florida. Uh, what do you like about old Lucas Simmons besides the fact he's just huge and seems to be a really nice kid? Yeah, you know, he was the, I would say, the least talkative of the uh, the three newcomers we had. Um, so it was hard to get a ton of information from him. And again, it's a weird setting for these guys. It's awesome that they do it. But, you know, he has probably not had many moments in his life where he's got 10 dudes shouting questions at him while he stands at a podium. But he handled it well. well also, um, also don't think English is his first language. That could just be my theory, though. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, either way, he, he I mean, he handled it well, and he yeah, speaks well. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that he's from Sweden is 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 uh, you know, interesting. And he, and he didn't, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, we didn't even ask him about like the bikini teams. They I was asking about Ikea, like man, like are the meatballs? Yeah, we, you know? Well, next time we get them, yeah, meatballs. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he has, he's only been playing since he was 13 or 14. And he did bring up that he played soccer a lot growing up because, you know, football isn't really a thing in Sweden. Uh, he had to play on a club team because they don't have high school teams over there. But um, he, he talked about playing soccer and that, you know, as a big kid, he really had to, you know, if he wanted to compete at a sport like soccer, he really had to concentrate on athleticism and footwork. Like he could, it's not like you're, I mean, it's it's great, you know, if they're on a cross to be able to head a ball in when you're taller than everyone. But actually getting up and down the field and being a good soccer player, you've got to be athletic and got to have quick feet and good feet. And so the, I think the fact that he played soccer should probably bode pretty well for him uh, oh, because, uh, you know what I mean? Quick yeah, feet yeah, at yeah, offensive yeah. line is a really big deal. And then also the fact that he said it wasn't I, – I couldn't quite tell the time frame, of when he, but when he, when he finally realized he needed to start using his frame in his size. Yes. Because he, did, he said he didn't like being a tall kid. Yeah. And he always kind of wanted to shy away from it and like, no, no, I'm not this tall giant. I'm an athlete. But then finally one day in, in practice or in a game, he realized using his frame and his length, oh, yeah, I'm going to this. This is how I become good. I, I should use my I should embrace this. Um, so, yeah, now he's all excited about being six, eight. But apparently that wasn't the case a, a few years ago. He's one of these kids where let's let's put a bookmark on his his recruiting ranking because Man, if if he fills out a little bit more, which yeah. there's no reason to think he will not, six foot eight, being coached by this guy, being Alex Atkins, uh, I, I think he'll maybe be better than the 124th player in the NFL draft. Just a theory. Yeah. We'll see how yeah. it goes, though, everybody. We'll see how it goes. So, But, yeah, there's a lot to work with there, man. There's a lot of good clay to mold. It's mm. six eight clay, but it's also, again, it's a kid that's athletic and can move his feet. Um, and when you're six eight and can move, man, that makes that, – that Offensive line coaches and scouts and everybody else salivate uh, because usually guys that are six eight and big are kind of slow footed, like cement blocks on their feet. This kid probably isn't that. I can't say for sure because I hadn't seen it in person going up against Jared Verse. That's another thing too is he's really going to get a chance. He's going to be thrown into the fire in the sense that he's going to go up against some really talented guys in Peyton and Verse, and you get welcome and just the whole defensive line in general. Um, you get welcomed to the party really quickly like that, and you either swim or sink. And he certainly seems like the kind of guy – I mean, he wouldn't have come all the way over to Florida basically to live by himself 
to play football to then not embrace this challenge. So I, I, I assume he's going to swim. Corey, how many five stars do you think are in the Super Bowl? The Chiefs and the mm. Eagles this year. Was there 106 guys on the active roster total between the two? I would say Josh Sweat's one. Correct. So I would say nine. Twelve. Oh. And right. there's two Knowles. Also our guy Josh Kando. Georgia. Is he on the active roster? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, they, oh, he's not, maybe not. He's he's on their roster. I know that, okay. but he, he doesn't right. dress. He's not dressing. I think he's hurt. Uh, but yeah, like he's drawing a check this year. So good. good. Okay, that counts. Georgia, the other team with two: Nicole Hardman and Nicobe Dean. There you go. So found that interesting. I think some people are arguing. Well, about no, Georgia's got Jordan Davis too. He's on the the big kid, the big defensive tackle. He's on the Eagles. Take it up with Fox Sports. They're the one. That All right, come on, it. Fox Sports. Get maybe it together. You sure? What? Maybe wasn't. A, was he five star consensus? Maybe. Oh no, you're right. I was just thinking of top draft picks. No, you're right. Yeah, he. Yeah. I don't think he was a five star. My bad. My yeah. Fault. So, uh, and people are saying, well, does does recruiting matter or not? Because obviously, there's only there's only twelve, which means there's a whole bunch of three or four stars, much more. But then there's also only like you know, twenty five stars a year, and there's. I don't know, hundreds of three yes. and four star. Players. But you know what was more, what was much more interesting than that, I think, was uh, Feldman uh, for the Athletic. Tweet, I, he, I wrote, I think he wrote a story about it, but I just saw the tweet and I can't remember the exact numbers. But he was breaking down the Pro Bowl rosters, mm. and he said the average star rating on the for the Pro Bowl offensive players was like two and a half or three. Wow! But the average star rating for the defensive players was like four and a half, mm. coming out of high school. So I thought that was really interesting. Like, it, offense is much more of a um, crapshoot. You know, I mean, it's like the quarterbacks. No defense. one knows. No one knows. Like, was yes, it was correct. it Josh Allen part of the – was he the class with Josh Rosen and, like, a couple other dudes that no one really knew all that much about? It might have been another one. But it, the, the hit rate on quarterbacks is so ridiculously low, which is crazy because they do the seven-on-seven seven stuff. You figure they'd be so primed. They go to college. They're getting all the coaching. you think that would be the, the one part that you'd be able to for sure know. But – Clearly, they do not, and, and defense to the point that you know Feldman and you are making seems to be a little bit more translatable, if that's a word. So yeah, and you're talking. We're talking again. We're talking about from high school to college. Yes, like you can tell a high school defensive lineman, you can tell Timmy Jernigan's going to be great, mm. uh, t really good, and you can tell that uh, Nicobe Dean is going to be a really good linebacker, and then Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James. Those guys translate. That's ridiculous talent. Those are five star talents that you know are going to be really good in college. It can be different with receivers, man. How many five-star receivers have come through here that were just pretty good or not good? Um, they haven't had they haven't had many five-star defensive backs that didn't turn out to be badasses. Mm -hmm. They when they get here, they're usually they usually live it up. They live up to their ranking. Receivers, running backs, that could be like James Wilder was a five-star running back, but was he really? It's a nice player, but he wasn't he wasn't a five-star. Devontae Freeman was a zero star until. Jimbo uh, recruited him, and, and so I, I I do think there's something, to, especially with the offensive line too. Now that is a real crapshoot when it comes to who's going to be really good, and they grow so much and they they develop so much differently. Some kid that's like 18 or 19, like we're talking about Lucas Simmons. Now I know he was ranked pretty high; he's a highly ranked guy for this recruiting class, but he might be by the three years from now he might be the best player in the country. We don't know. It's hard to know how these guys are going to develop once they get into a real strength program and they get real coaching at, at this level. So, uh, yeah, that's. I, I guess it. I don't know why. I guess I can't figure out the the uh, the reasoning exactly. 
but it, yes, it, it must be much more easy to dissect how good a defensive player is going to be, a four- and five-star defensive player, as it is to an offensive player. Anything stand out talking to Link the other day as we wrap up? Oh, yeah. Baseball? Um, yeah, man. Look, I, you guys know my history with this program and the Martin family, and they were always very, very good to me. Um, it is different talking to that guy. Um, and, and we, Ira and I actually watched practice. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty different too. What I, what I really liked about it. And I'm, I'm not, I know I'm a baseball dude. I'm not trying to bore anyone, but I've watched a lot of teams take kind of, uh, they'll, they'll do batting practice and they'll have other kids running the bases, right? Like getting their, getting their running in, getting their base running work in. They do it in a different way where like, the kids at second base, and I saw this. There's a guy getting a lead at second base, and then one of the batters is in there just taking his normal BP reps. And he hits a ball that is a line drive to center, but not on a line necessarily, not like 20 feet in the air, but not four feet in the air either. So it's not for sure going to be a base hit or not. And the kid at second just starts running towards third. And they, you know, the the coach that's out there with him is like, absolutely. And I don't know if it's a coach or GA. I can't, I didn't have my glass. I couldn't see. Sorry, gang, I'm old. Um, they basically yelled at the kid like, hey, man, that could have been caught. Like, you can't just blindly run. We've got one out right here. So they are, t they are putting them through the paces of real base running work as the other guys are getting batting practice work. They're trying, you know, you're on second and you know for sure it's a base hit in the gap. You're scoring. Then they go to third, and they're like, okay, get a lead. There's one out. There's one out. On contact, you're going. They're doing this as the kid is taking real batting practice. So I just like the uh, the efficiency of it and the fact that the, it, the bat, base running, for all the good things that Mike Martin Jr. did, uh, and, he was a, a, and he was always, like I said, really good to me for a long time, and Mike Martin Sr., uh, too, they have not been a good base running team in a long, long time. They, it's flabbergasting how, how bad they've been. It certainly seems like this guy takes that very, very seriously. So that was, uh, that was cool to see. And Cam Smith, the freshman, I, I can't remember. Um, he's their most hyped freshman. He was like the number, he was the number one shortstop in Florida. Um, he was like the number 50 player in the country. He is 6'3", 220 pounds. He, he is built like a tight end. He is huge and he can move. He's an athlete. Uh, and when the ball, when he hits a ball, when he squares it up, good night. Uh, they, I just, I can't remember them having a position player. And I'm not, I don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah. He's going to struggle some. He's a Drew freshman. Drew Mendoza. Drew Mendoza's big, big. But dude. not built like this, man. Mendoza right. was tall and lanky. Okay. He, this kid looks like a football player, like just built, like the back muscles. The sh and I'm into muscles now, oh, guys. You are, you are. I mean, I, that's all I do is I dissect uh, deltoids our pecs anything really any muscle but um he man he is just put together differently um and so uh it's going to be really and he's going to be playing third base probably uh starting there so it's going to be really interesting to see but that kid that kid was really impressive when the ball was jumping off his bat he hit one halfway up the scoreboard he was hitting him out to right center where he you know he didn't even seem like he took a real hard swing just natural easy power and can move can run so it, he'll be fun to watch Hey, we'll be fun, and we'll be fun to watch at mm. 7 o'clock tonight. We'll be live on YouTube, Corey and I, live edition of Wake Up War Chant. So tune in for that. Bring your questions. It'll be fun. In the meantime, though, Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Plenty more over at warchant.com as well. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Is that better, Corey?
Mm, there you go, man. Thankfully, finally, get people to do it, man. Dude, don't don't do it pa passively. Be aggressive with this stuff. He's Corey Maslon. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.